ladies and gentlemen, the commercials. Wow, Ken. It's 2010. It's a brand new year. I know. It's incredible. The opportunities ahead of us, well, they're endless. I know. We can start anew. We can change old habits. We could meet life with a brand new resolve, if you will. It's like that we are given a new lease on life, a brand new number with which to start a brand new direction in our lives, wholeheartedly, earnestly, and with as much energy as we can muster. Exactly. Like a phoenix bird rising from the ashes. Exactly like a phoenix bird rising from the ashes. So what have you done to help change anew? Nothing. From Studio 6C in the mean streets of Brooklyn, New York, this is the Commercials Freight Podcast on the Commercials.tv and the magic of iTunes. My name is Dave T. Koenig. And I am Kenneth. They'll be you bubble, you pop. Hey, Ken. Happy New Year. Good to see Happy you. Happy New Year to you, you my look loosely good. scripted friend. Yes, you look you good, look too. Thank- well, now you're just making stuff up. <laughs> no, well, actually, I was going to say, you've got the, it was just the holiday tireds. Yeah, look I, in your eye. I do have a bit I of that. Too. Yeah, you do have a little bit of that in your eyes, and I do have it a little bit in my eyes. And yeah. uh, But we are nonetheless excited to be here for the first big commercials-free podcast of the year 2010. Of the year 2010. And boy, how, how about starting off on the right foot? We have a great it, guest. Yeah, We have an amazing guest. Her name and, is Amy Schumer. What can you tell us about her, Dave? She is a nationally touring comedian who you probably have either on Comedy Central or uh, you may have seen her on Last Comic Standing, the NBC reality show where she came in fourth and did so well that none other than Ellen DeGeneres had her on her talk show as a special guest because she liked her so much. That's correct, yes. And she's also, she has also appeared on 30 Rock, a very, very funny program. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's done a, a bunch of different projects, but we're going to talk about those projects as well as where she is right now, which, uh, hint, hint, is somewhere in Oregon. Uh, we're also going to talk about her upcoming Comedy Central half-hour special, which is a big deal, and uh, we'll be looking forward to talking to her about that. We've also got fun with Google Voice, as usual. We do. And we're going to play Ask the Experts and uh, just, do, just start yeah. 2010 off uh, with all the vim vigor and uh, vinegar we... Uh, we ended 2009. I'm sorry, Dave. Did you say Vim Vinger? I said Vim Vigor and Vinegar, which you is know, sort of Vim like the combination Vigor of the is first, one of yeah. my favorite Baroque composers. Vim Vinger. Yeah. I think, uh, actually, he, he did a lot of uh, composing for the guitar, if I'm not mistaken. No, he did. Um, one of the, what some experts, musicologists can say, were the first actual folk songs actually were composed in the Baroque era of music by Vin Vinger. Indeed. Indeed. Um, and uh, he you has have a songs, couple... Yeah, he has a song like this. Uh-huh. I saw my love near the quarry. She died of cholera, and so did I. And the thing that I like about is, Vin yeah, Vinegar yeah. Um, is that he, he often wrote posthumously. <laughs> Well, Dave, since you deconstructed my whole thing, which you really, really like to do. You could have just gone with it and said, yes, he's the best, most well-known posthumous composer in the history of music. Actually, but no, you're you right. had to, you, you know you what, had Dave, to accept it Dave, as a negative. I had, 
you know, you had me at hello. Actually, you were right about that. So I will yeah. continue in this vein uh, the way I should have. Um, yes. Yes, he continues to write even today. He's been dead yes. for 400 years, 300 years, and no, 400 around. Uh, yeah, give or and, take. Yeah, and he still uh, writes today. Uh, so what, this, this allows him, Vin Vinger, uh, to uh, be both a classical musician and a contemporary musician. So well, what's, some, what's some of the stuff is, he's done recently? The problem is it only kind of goes in one direction. He's not so hip to what's going on in music right now. True, so he's I understand still that. very limited. But he does get some information. But, you know, I, I don't think he processes it correctly. Well, give us an example of, of what that sounds like. Well, okay. Um, and one of his... Like a, a contemporary song. Yeah, a contemporary song. Yeah. Uh, um, he... There's a, okay, I'll just do one piece where it just goes... People who are gay get AIDS. Well, now, I mean, clearly, that's, that's partially true, Yeah, at I least, mean, but, but obviously he's really not, you know... He's not on the pulse, if you were, well, of no, the no, culture. No, no, he... he he may have book smarts, but he sure doesn't have uh, natural sensitivities to what goes on in the real world. No, no, because while, whereas you know uh, people of all uh, creeds and colors and all that stuff, they do contract all kinds of different diseases. There's no one disease that's uh, partial or particular to any any one yeah, of uh, group that's of people. That's like saying only Jews get uh, herpes. You know, yeah, that's, ridiculous. No, that's just, I mean, it's untrue. No, and, no, I yeah. mean. It may have first appeared in the Jewish community, herpes. That didn't really happen. I'm just saying hypothetically. Yeah, hypothetically. And people being the limited human creatures they are, whenever you got herpes, you'd say, uh, oh, you've got the Jew disease. Which was... Simply because it happened to rear its ugly head in one... You know what I mean? Right, which which is very... Which which for the people uh, who... Uh, were around at that time and contracting them, uh, which it was just very hypothetically hurtful. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I think you can be hypothetically hurtful. Well, these hypothetical and people in this hypothetical situation <coughs> have feelings too, right. you know. They do. Yeah, hypothetical people are people too. Yeah, I don't want to. Um, which you know it makes me think. Dude, have you have you watched recently? I've been doing a lot of TV watching mm-hmm. because there's like nothing to do. Well, no, uh, it's the holidays. After the holidays. Yeah, after the holidays, yeah. it's like TV. Nobody central. cares yeah. about anything. Yeah. No. Um, do you ever watch True TV? Uh, the 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 channel itself. Yeah, the trend, the the channel. Yes. True TV. Yes. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's basically what I think it is. Is if any if if aliens were like trying to determine what we're like through our broadcast. Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> if they got just that channel. Oh my God, dude! They would annihilate us. Oh yeah, they'd be like, these guys are sitting ducks. Like, yeah, yeah, these guys are so stupid. Yeah, like you know, here's a man going eighty down a highway with his <laughs> baby hanging out of the window. <laughs> this reckless madman, and that's like all it is. Twenty four hours a day uh, is the worst human beings have to offer. Well, let's just let's and just it's say it's called Dave. Oh, Dave, it's ahead. called True TV. Yeah, right, right. So, so there's no there's no uh, hypothetical about it. This is no. the actual truth. Yeah. yeah, that's and what I love no about reality. Yeah, that's what I love about yeah. reality TV is how uh, it really does portray reality for everybody. It's it's what really goes on out there, and there's no pretense or or fakeness about it. You know, it's just like this is what it's like for all of us at all times. <laughs> well, it's 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 funny because uh, 
someone recently told me about, or is very much likes that show. Uh, what is it called? The The Housewives of New Jersey? That, Burn yeah. County or something? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, you know, like they're always bitching at each other and fighting and there's so much drama. And, uh, you know, someone said to me, you know, well, can you imagine how boring the show would be if they weren't that bad? And it makes you think, you know, like, okay, this is quote unquote what we call reality. <sighs> like pre-engineered um, uh, uh, realistic like situations right, kind right. of given fuel under its ass to to look at, to mimic reality when really it's just like a hand-picked batch of horribly adjusted individuals absolutely and it, it does it does two things a it creates this sense that that is a normal attitude to have so you have these people who watch like those uh, housewives and and the and the Jersey Shore, stuff like that. And, and, and right. you get a sense that this is acceptable uh, human behavior when it should be on like National Geographic as like horrific examples of human behavior. Exactly. And Very well put. Also takes away from, uh, takes away opportunities from people who are capable of portraying those horrible uh, characters in a much more believable manner than the actual people who are that horrible. So, exactly. yeah, I mean, like, exactly. actors are not getting jobs because it's fun to have these idiots from the Jersey Shore on TV. Well, yeah, that's probably why you're bitter. Um, it's only one reason why I'm bitter. You are. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it's your, it's your livelihood. Well, so, yeah, you know, I mean, I would like The it fact for... that you're threatened by drivel, though I, I would always say good actors, good artists have always been threatened by drivel. You know, and we kind of have to snap people out of it and be like, no, look over here. This is more filling. This will withstand the test of time, people. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Oh, I'm all you for know. that. But it's like the industry uh, will tend to uh, d- 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 go to the lowest common denominator. So you have uh, these shows like Jersey Shore and stuff like that. Or, or, or right, well, I can but, get into a bigger discussion about it. But, but I, yeah, yeah. But I, I definitely, I definitely could say that 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 has always been an issue. I mean, it they, ha- there's, I understand there's older what you're people that there's older people that are like back when in, in my day they didn't have sexual intercourse on <laughs> television and oh they were always talking about sex and sex this and who have you done and you know it's like you know you just happen to live during like a ridiculously um, safe time in the history of. Theatrical productions. And well, but I'm not even talking about I content. Mean, I'm talking about the fact that you have "quote unquote" reality shows that 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 make celebrities out of of people who have absolutely no merit whatsoever to their being. Oh well, well, my point my point is like one of the things John Webster and he, Shakespeare used to have to do in order not to lose the common man mm-hmm. crowd was to put vulgar things and and tasteless sexual innuendos and stuff in his work. So that people would not throw tomatoes and get bored. What I'm saying is, not only is that you know a function of how we kind of are, because when I mean when we come, people come for entertainment. They've just worked sixty hours at freaking AIG. <laughs> you know, they want to forget about that crap and listen to people talk about penises and testicles and dildos. That's what they, the stuff they couldn't do all week. They want to hear someone else talk about. Or, or whatever. And on the flip side, I can definitely see the pull. I mean, I fall victim to, I know I've told you this before, I love 
the, that addiction show intervention yes. on A and E. I love it because it's like these people are so incredibly under the control of this horrible, horrible substance, like so directly in control. It's like they wake up. That's all they think about. They go to sleep. That's all they think about is when they're going to get the next heroin thing. And to watch that is horrible and to take pleasure from that in any way, I think any other emotion than just, oh, man, that sucks is bad. But there's the part of me that wants to see what happens next. I wants to see what happens next. And, you know, at the end of one of them, I saw like, you know, this girl had gotten off heroin and, and she, but something happened. There was some technicality and she went to jail for eight months after she uh-huh. got clean. And as soon as she got out after eight months, she went right back on heroin. See, but I, at least, I mean, like, just I think totally you're relapsed. taken in by the and actual I'm story. There, I'm the asshole. <laughs> I'm the asshole going, where's the next episode? What happens well, then? Th- I want to see, see what happens life is then. not an episodic a journey. Life is, you know, kind of one long walk where there is no defined beginning, middle, end. So uh, you don't have these things where it's like people aren't sitting around outside my door wondering when the next episode is of my life. It's, you know, <laughs> life doesn't work that way. You mean I'm the only person that does that? Yeah, right. Exactly. And I think here's the biggest problem I think it happens is that we now expect life and quote unquote reality to be equal. And because of that, we don't create fictional people anymore. And we fictionalize real people. And I'm, yes. what I mean by this is like, take Tiger Woods, for example, Tiger Woods is a real person. He's an athlete. It, you know, he is, he is a very successful golfer, or at least he was up until recently. Uh, who right. knows when he's going to start playing again, but he is a human being. And, we tend to create these mythical characters out of real people. And when we, they, they reveal themselves to be real people, we're shocked. So you exactly. have kids and we, we t- you know, I, I, I personally think it's ridiculous, um, you know, to, to take a, you know, and I'm not even going to say like, all right, he's in a weak area of his life. Right. Cause that even lends it more. But who among us has not, given unto temptation in the area of sexuality. I mean, who of us have not succumbed to that in one form or another, you know, and, and really to crucify the hell out of this guy. Yeah. Just because he's like, well, you were a well-behaved black man before. Why can't you continue to be so is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And the biggest problem, I think, is that we encourage people to make celebrities and make a big deal out of real people who have absolutely no merit to their existence. Like you find these people on TV. Okay. You, you talk to somebody and, and they could idolize one of these desperate housewives of Bergen County women. Right. That's a huge mistake, you know, and, and we've downplayed fictional characters. The thing is, you can't control a real person. You can control a fictional person. So we- That's true, but I, I mean, I'll have to disagree with you there. Because if someone is... I, I mean, the reason we're watching this stuff is because it's because of how outrageously ridiculous it is. Right. The reason we're watching this stuff... And if someone's watching that and saying and idolizing a character that's obviously an idiot... I mean, then the the problem, it, really, that's the least of our problems. Those are going to be the same people who buy Grand Theft Auto and then beat the <laughs> shit out of everyone. Well, that that's you know? absolutely true. I don't even factor that in. I don't even think about that. Because even with, with uh, 
just the, the, the things that are, you know, obviously if someone were to idolize someone like that, it would be very bad. One of, one of my, you know, one of my favorite directors is Robert Zemeckis. And he's, he, he always said, you know, you can never, you can take someone's life, entire life. You have maybe five good scenes <laughs> out of that whole life. And he's absolutely right because there are very few moments of someone's life that are no, so noteworthy and complicated that someone else will take interest and uh, and are dying to know how what the outcome is. That is you know, true, but um, I, you know we yeah. have we have we have made celebrities. We've made we've given importance to people who have zero importance, and the people who are really doing really good things and who are worthwhile to follow and to uh, explain as a as a as a as a role model as somebody who should have influence on your life that's being diminished so i mean whether it's like a person in your family person in your community person in your town or even somebody on a grander scale who's done good things uh we're yes, not judging actions we're yes. judging this 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 mythic yeah. celebrity status that somebody has attained through Basically, luck. The people who are on Jersey Shore, they're not there because they have done awesome things. They're there because they're lucky. (laughs) Right. They're lucky. And And they happen to be dysfunctional enough to qualify as entertainment. Right. But now you have a generation of people who are like, wow, look what happened to the Jersey people. I could be a Jersey person, too. All I have to do is act like an idiot enough to get paid to be on this show. And what is really annoying is when people in the media cover them like they're celebrities. Like like, like this, like like Levi Johnson is another really good example that really bothers me to no end. This dude who is known only for having knocked up the daughter of a vice presidential candidate loser... (laughs) <laughs> and is now acting as though he has done something amazing. And when he has only been proven to be nothing more than a lousy father and an immature <laughs> idiot. I'll have to, I'll have to agree with that, with you there. This is insane. I, I mean, it, it, it is the equivalent of like the old monarchies in England where People were not elected into ruling yes. the rulers. They were born into it. And now tell me, you tell me that, you know, every now and then you're going to get an asshole yeah. kid yeah. in that string of families. And they just happen through no fault of their own, happen to rule the land you live on. That, like, which is no better. Toast. Which is no better. Yeah. You know, like, I understand it, the, it's uh, no better. No, yeah. I understand the idea that you know, it's, uh, there's been problems all along. It doesn't mean that we should be okay with it. It doesn't mean we should abide by it and just be well, idly I, I, no, 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 no. willing Absolutely. to just accept I, it. I, I'm not. I'm not. You know, uh, in, I'm not introducing like a solution that that, that says all ignorance wins. But <laughs> I, I, what I'm saying is, is that this has always happened. This is always going to happen. I mean, Bill Cosby said once, he's like, you can never get mad at television or Hollywood because that's like breaking a mirror because you don't like the reflection. That, but the problem well, is when Bill Cosby was talking about that, he was talking about fiction or. Um, more often than not, he was referring to fiction. What was on TV well, was no, what he fictional. was more referring to. What, he, what he's more referring to is what people want. What people want, no matter what that is, what they want to see. And 
we're fed essentially what we ask for the most because that's what where the money comes from. Like for instance, American Idol, what a horrible, horrible, you know, expletive, <laughs> exploitive <laughs> show. <laughs> expletive as well. You know, for art, can you, you know, the embarrassment of someone who's not really sure where they are on the ladder of being a professional singer and being publicly humiliated, not just in front of thousands of people, but billions yeah. of people all yeah. over the world. It's awful. But guess what, Dave? For six years, it was freaking the number one show in the entire yeah, I, world. I've had a massive people problem basically with that too. getting harpooned. You know, I, yeah. There is an entertainment. But I understand. It's not there's because we don't a, ask for it. It's not that we don't ask for it. We ask for it, and we're given problem. it, and we They're asking it. the wrong people. If they asked me Dave, once, I would set of them straight. Course. Of course, but unfortunately, 90% of not people that are not you want that stuff. Well, here's my resolution for the year 2010 to tell these people what they need to find out. That reality television needs to go. Well, you know, Dave, we mock it so, but really, what are we doing here? We're a loosely scripted show about nothing really but great at all. we're not telling people this is a reality show. This is not like two guys and an expose of their lives. This is, we're putting on an entertainment program. <laughs> it's clear. Well, then we are on different pages about what this is about. <laughs> well, this is the Commercials Free Podcast on the Commercials.tv and the Magic of iTunes. Uh, Ken, uh, I think it's about that time where we, we delve once again into our own voicemail box and see what see what happens see what nippins we got it's a hopper and chopper and one two three it's google voice for you and me yeah fun with google voice so we are where we uh we uh are back with another edition of a very popular segment on the show fun with google voice ken for the first time in 2010 yeah for the first time in 2010 i'll explain how this works Google Voice is a free service offered by the good folks over at Google. And basically what it is is a free phone number. You can have people call it, route it to different phones. You can get text messages at it, uh, at it, uh, on it. Uh, you can uh, also get voicemails. And what's cool about the voicemails is they will be transcribed into text. So you can read them in an email or on a mobile device discreetly. However, therein lies the problem. The technology that transcribes the human voice into you uh, know, intelligible text does not work so great. Uh, so we use that weakness. We exploit that weakness. Speaking of exploiting things in reality, <laughs> we exploit that weakness for your hilarity and amusement. Indeed. We have our own phone number, 347-829-7865, or as we prefer, 347-829-PUNK. You can call that number, leave us a voicemail, and we may use it on this segment. And here is a, an example of a call that we got um, not too long ago uh, that, that illustrates the, the, the point uh, beautifully. Engage. Hey, um, Dave, this is Katie calling. Um, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I know that I sound a little <coughs> upset, but I was at the Short Hills Mall yesterday at 2 o'clock, and you weren't there. And I waited for close to two hours in front of the Cinnabon where we decided we were going to meet. Cat, get away from that. And, um, I mean, I don't know if this is uh, your way of saying friendship is over or if, if you know, if, I, I mean, I, I really don't know. But 
a little pissed off right now. But um, if you want, you can call me. You have my number. Um, if not, then uh, I guess this is it. Um, and also, I spent like two thousand dollars at Shea Crew because I was just in that like upset place. <laughs> so um, call me back because I want some of that money back. Okay, uh, I gotta go check on the cat. Okay, bye. Well, that is the original uh, voicemail that was left in our mailbox by uh, Katie, who is actually a very good friend of mine. And and I, you know, on a complete aside. How awesome is the internet and and stuff like this? Because uh, it's a way for me and my friend Katie, one of my oldest, dearest friends, to uh, rag each other uh, over uh, technology uh, in different forms. Uh, yes. Not only voice, but also now through through transcribed text. And I'm I'm very happy that Katie uh, played along That's with true. us. That's yeah. true. She's now, you know we we're very lucky that we get very talented individuals. That leaves some good, good, really funny voice messages. It's and that's a very nice. per- it's perfect a example. And uh, she's yeah. somebody who uh, we, we love hearing from. Uh, so now the idea is that you've heard the original uh, voicemail and, and had a chance to get a sense of what the actual content was. Now we illustrate the point of how weak the transcription software is. Now Ken, right. who usually accompanies us on the old piano, uh, has decided to pick up the old six string. I, I believe there's six it strings. Up a little. It's a new yeah. year. You know, I figure I pick a new instrument. Yeah, Ken is multi so instrumental. Yeah. You are multi talented. Say that. Say it. I want to hear it. Stroke you're multi talented. You're multi talented. Yeah, you're multi talented. You're a good musician of all oh, sorts. Yeah. So Ken will be uh, plucking along, and I'm just going to uh, go ahead and read the transcription. And you um, did not just use the word pluck in my presence. If you heard pluck, that's probably for the best. <laughs> Go ahead, read. Uh, and here is the transcription as provided by Google Voice. Hey, Dave. This is Katie calling. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I know that I found a little upset but I was at the Short Hills Mall yesterday at 2 o'clock and you were there and I waited for close to two hours in the setup on where we decided we were going to meet, got away from that, and I mean, I don't know if this is your way of saying friendship is over or if, if you know, if you... Hi, Mary. I really don't know, but I'm a little pissed off right now. But if you want, you can call me or my number. If not, then yesterday and also I stage right $2,000 ish a crew because I was just been at the upset placed so call me back because I want some of the money back okay bye checking account okay bye (laughs) now you have to be very good friends with someone to be able to refer to them as checking account yeah I mean you don't just have uh, like acquaintances become your checking account it's too important you have it to be really good friends with too, them. Yeah. In fact, I don't think you should mix friends with checking accounts. No, no. I think friends, it's just a, it's a stew for a boiling, if you know what I mean. It is a stew for a boiling. I do understand what you're talking about there. Uh, you know, it's like... Um, Thank you, know, you for adopting that made-up euphemism. Hey, yeah, this is a yes-and kind of show, my friend. It is. It is. But you know what I really like, too, is that... You know, the message she sent, she, she said a couple thousand dollars because she was so upset. But in the translation, it was like, 
a, a two thousand dollars. Yeah, it's like I. You know, it's kind of like if your wife comes home and he's like, "You're like, honey, where's my credit card? Where were you? How much did you spend? Well, I was at Banana Republic. How much did you spend? <laughs> two thousand. Yeah. Well, my response officially would have to be according to this transcript. I stage right two thousand dollars ish a crew. <laughs> stage right, yeah. That is ri- like who would ever say that? Snagglepuss. <laughs> <laughs> who would ever have to use stage directions over the phone? Because I was just been Think at the upset it. place, Stephen. Uh, the upset place, Stephen. The, I was just been at the upset place. And I've, I'll go back if I have to. <laughs> That's yeah, great. So that is. Hey, look, I know we had a, an, a we had rehearsal yesterday and tomorrow's opening night. But remember how you were supposed to come off stage left? <laughs> well, I'm changing it to stage right. I'm sorry to leave this in a voicemail. You probably don't know what scene I'm referring to or what I'm talking about. But yeah, if you could do that tomorrow on opening night, that'd be great. Ish. Remember, stage right. <laughs> stage right. Ish. Ish. Well, that is fun with Google Voice and. Uh, Boy, if you really want to get in on the fun, and please do, call us 347-829-PUNK or 347-829-7865 if you're one of those alphabetically challenged folk. (laughs) Yeah, well, this is the commercial freight podcast on the commercials.tv and the magic of iTunes. Ken, when we come back, we are going to be joined by somebody pure awesome. Shut up, Ken. It's Amy Schumer coming up right after this. Please stick with us. Ken, you, you take us out. You take us out. I love you. Live from Lincoln Center, it's Philip Glass with all his favorites. Songs like B flat over and over for four hours. non-diatonic dissonant melody for seven hours. You'll be so bored by the end, you'll be pissed off. Philip Glass. Only at Lincoln Center, where they don't just play crap, they play stuff. Stupid crap. Don't drive or operate machinery after Philip Glass. Plan to devote seven to eight hours to sleep before being active. Sleepwalking and eating or driving while not fully awake with memory loss for the event, as well as abnormal behaviors such as being more outgoing or aggressive than normal, confusion, agitation, B-flat over and over, and hallucinations may occur. Don't take Philip Glass with alcohol, as he may increase these behaviors. In patients with depression, worsening of depression, including risk of suicide, may occur after listening. If you experience any of these behaviors after a concert, contact your doctor immediately. drinking a lot down there. You guys drinking? Yeah. I, I black out when I drink. Isn't that the worst? Your mind goes to sleep, but your body's like, tonight is the night! It sucks. Nothing good ever happens in a blackout. Like, I've never woken up and been like, what is this Pilates mat doing out? 
No, right? You wake up in Hoboken wearing a poncho, it's bad. Uh, nobody likes it at all. But, um, I, uh, and the worst part is when I, I get drunk, I like slur, you know? Like I say racial slurs. And, uh, oh, this isn't the right show to say that on. Um, let me rethink that. No, I'm not racist at all. And tonight's not the night I'd admit it. But, uh,. <laughs> No, I, uh, I know how it is though, you know, I'm just like, once you go black, your parents don't talk to you anymore, so, but I'm excited because my parents are the worst. Back here on the Commercials Freight Podcast, the Commercials.tv and the magic of iTunes. Uh, Ken, that was Amy Schumer. On a show, funny stuff, Amy hilarious Schumer, yeah. stuff called on a show called Mixtape Comedy Show, and as you may be able to guess, she was in a bit of mixed company, and uh, we can uh, only assume. Well, why don't we have Amy tell us? She has been on Last Comic Standing. She was a top four finalist. She's been on the Ellen DeGeneres. Uh, show she has been on uh, Comedy Central a whole bunch, and she, you can see her touring around the country. And she is now joining us on the phone, coming to us live from Portland, Oregon, of all places. Uh, I'm guessing, yeah, I'm guessing White Bear Lake, Minnesota didn't call back. <laughs> Amy Schumer, how you doing? Great, great. Happy to be here on the phone. Uh, yeah, awesome. yeah. I, I, if, what are you, you doing know. in uh, in in Portland? I'm working this weekend at Harvey's Comedy Club. Um, which ah. is, as far as being on the road goes, this is the road. <laughs> the club, this that, club yeah. is very roadish. Um, yeah, but I, I was here this past summer in Portland for the first time. I had such a good time. I was out here filming something for Comedy Central and, uh, yeah. and just kind of wandered into this comedy club and was like, hey, can I have a couple minutes? It was like a past Saturday night and the girl was like, no way. And I was like, come on. <laughs> So I like snuck in the back because she wouldn't even let me talk to the manager and I got to talk to the manager and I was like, I'm going to be on Letterman this week. And they were like, oh, okay. So they gave me like 15 minutes. I was not going to nice. be on Letterman, by the way. Ah. Um, <laughs> but I was pissed. I've never done that before. I've never like lied to get a spot, but Good I was for so you. pissed. The girl at the front was so cold and they gave me uh, some time and I killed. So they invited me to come back and headline. So that's why I'm here. Nice. Oh, wow. nice. That's how business is done. That's that's the, the good stuff right there. Lying is good. I, I really <laughs> need to start lying more often. Uh, yes, and I'll get a booking in Portland, Oregon. Uh, you, yeah, you know, you you have know been, Portland actually is is really popular for its meth. Have you gotten? Uh, have you been around that a lot? I haven't. I think like I'm staying in a, a pretty cool neighborhood, but I think right next to it is where there's a good amount of meth. And when I was Met filming Central. in Comedy Central, we were, uh, we were filming in a town called Boring, Oregon. And I'm pretty sure that everyone there was either completely messed up or inbred. Nice. <laughs> we started playing a now, game, both messed it, or inbred. I won. Which project uh, were you, were you uh, working on out there? Uh, I was filming this thing for Toshiba in Comedy Central called Boring versus Normal. They had me go to uh, Normal, Illinois. And then they filmed oh, okay. it here yeah. in Boring, Oregon. I don't know. Somebody had a bad idea, but there are some videos like ComedyCentral.com of me <laughs> in both of places, and the places were both really pretty quiet. Uh, Illinois it was like a college town, but it was school without a session, so it was somebody. I've bad actually idea, been to normal Illinois. There's nothing. Hey, you know, money. Yeah. There's nothing. Money makes normal. the world go round. Just I, they just no. pick the towns based on the names. Yeah, that's it. Toshiba picked the towns based on the name. They hired me to go and kind of do man on the street stuff, and. Uh, 
And yeah, there was just, oh, wow. there was nothing going on uh, at all. So it was yeah, like, normal and, Illinois was, is like well, they had a, the worst part a was college there, but it was there were no students. It was the summer, so it was like just dead. And they they like awesome. organized these big shows during the day, like it looked like a festival, huge stage and uh, film crew and everything. And then just like no one came. It was like <laughs> they hired me. It was me. It was a USC fighter and a band. I I, I didn't know either of the band or the fighter. But like, I had to stand up, and it was like the person who had been up on stage before me was a DJ giving out T-shirts. So I get on stage, and there are thirty children under the age of ten just standing at the front of the stage, like hoping that I'll just like start an impromptu T-shirt launch. And oh, instead, God. I'm like, I'm like talking about how their parents probably wish that they had gotten rid of them. Oh, uh, yeah, your your material is not exactly <laughs> stuff was, that you want little kids to be crowding around, not right? Use that footage for anything. I can imagine. <laughs> oh my God, that's yeah, you. You have a uh, young man on the street or in Comedy Central. Nice, nice. Well, you and Comedy Central kind of are hand in hand these days because you did uh the uh the pretend uh <clears throat> reality show. Fake reality uh, show. Yeah, the fake reality yeah, show. Reality been, bites back. Mm-hmm, reality bites back. Yeah, that I am still very fortunate that that network kind of took me under their wing early. Um, yeah, because it's such a, it's not that big of a, um, it's not that big of a home for women, unfortunately. And that's not mm. to say that they don't like women at Comedy Central. They do. I know they they pray for more funny women, but they don't just accept everyone. Like I, you know, with stand up, it's something where you start with your friends. Like, I started with my friends and just expected, like, I got live at Gotham, a, you know, like a 10-minute set on Comedy Central. I thought, all right, they'll just get it next year. But the years right. go by and it's like, oh, no, they don't, they, they don't just open the door for, for everybody. So I feel really lucky that they've been nice to me. They, they've given me That's a great, lot of right. work. Well, you I did that in Reality Bites Back. Reality Bites Back. Well, Reality for sure. Well, Reality Bites Back was um, actually a really good collection of people. Uh, you worked with Mo Mandel, who's uh, one of my more favorite people. Um, what it, oh, well, exactly? You haven't, you, must, um, you haven't spent a lot of time with him then. No, why? No, oh, that would have been great. Fun. I would have, I would have wanted uh, some dirt. That would have been great. Oh uh, no, no, no. But, I mean, um, we, we all spent so much time together. It was, it was like the best. It was just all comedians and. Everyone got eliminated so randomly, so there was. It wasn't well, yeah, a real, he he like, equated it with he equated it with like summer camp to do oh, whatever totally. the hell you want. Totally, yeah. it was so it was so fun, but it was it had it totally at all to summer camp because it was like we'd be like um, they made us stay in a house for a couple nights, and we were like, all right, we're gonna go get booze, and they're like, no, no, no you can't leave. And we're like, well, then go get us booze, and they were like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. And they came back with like, and there were ten of us, and it was they flew our moms in, so there were like twenty people in the house. They went and they got twelve beers and a bottle of wine, and we were like, <laughs> we're like, we're comedians, like what it's, it's nighttime, hell? it's just for one of us. Bert Kreischer was like, I'm Frank. He goes, I've gone to bed drunk every day since I was fifteen. Go back to the store. Yeah, don't they but, realize yeah, that yeah, comedians that really need that stuff? Funny. It's like a mother's yeah. milk for you guys. Exactly. Um, it was. Now, the cool thing nobody watched it, but like randomly, you know, I, I did last comic, so like if somebody recognized me, I always assume it's from that because that was like you know prime time. But just uh, last week, I did a show New Year's Eve, and after they were like, "We love you," and I was like, "Oh, thanks." 
And I was like, last comic, they were like, no, reality bites. I was like, oh my God, you saw that? That's good. Yeah, that's going to be fun to see, you know, because I mean, most people do know you from doing uh, uh, the the last comic standing series and and you you came in fourth, right? And that's that got you your biggest exposure to that point. Uh, Now, we've seen a lot of comedians go on that and maybe sort of plateau. They don't quite get anywhere beyond that. And did you ever have any worries before you got on the show that that maybe uh, you'd be pegged as the last comic standing comedian instead of the really funny great comedian uh the way kind of um, people on american idol aren't taken seriously as musicians yeah 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 definitely but it's also like not an opportunity that you can say no to but i i certainly have those concerns um i i was thinking i remember thinking a lot about how sarah silverman got snl when she was 19 mm. and you know she she was only on for a year and I mean, you know, she's not the best example because things obviously worked out for her. But um, right, right. But it was like she was 19, so had she had like a couple more years to develop as an artist, as a comic, she probably would have had a lot more to give to that show. So I've I've never been in a rush when it comes to stand up or acting. Like there, I know there are like a lot of people who like just want it now, and and but I'm like, I've always thought I was gonna be kind of like. Um, get to where I want to be when I'm, like, 35, 36. And, and that's from, like, a young age. So I haven't been in any sort of a rush. So when last comic, I really didn't think I had a shot. And as, you know, the doors kept opening, I was like, all right, let me just, uh, I better follow the river here. But, but that yeah, was yeah. definitely a concern. Because, uh, you know, you don't find your voice. People say 10, 20 years. I know I, I still haven't found my voice, but... I just had nothing to lose because I had I was by far the least experienced comic, so I was like, let me just do the best I can and have fun. There's nothing at stake here for me because I sh- I shouldn't do well. Like the odds were, the cards were stacked so against me. There was no reason I should have done well in that show. So I that's really actually not like, a bad philosophy all around. You know, just don't huh? to, to give yourself enough. It's a, it's a good philosophy all around. Give yourself yeah. Plenty of time to 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 judge whether or not you're a success or not because it's it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. No matter totally. I mean, I, what I, I area really in like this business you're in, a, it's just part. It's like yeah, it's just like any art. It's hopefully just part of a long career, and I am doing my best to um, not. This is kind of like a newer philosophy, but to treat my successes and my failures like kind of the same. It's like. Because it's not always going to go well. I'm not always going to get something, but but I'm I'm fine. Like I'm always kind of the same. I'm I'm a pretty happy person. I'm always kind of this happy. So I just don't want to. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of disturbing actually how success. how happy you seem to be. Um, <laughs> yes, I'm just, I'm just. Well, you know, I'm we work scared. together. You know, I'm like I'm I'm um I'm okay. I'm just like I'm I'm okay. I'm not like a crazy happy person, but I'm. No, yeah. no, but you you seem you managed to make having breast cancer um delightfully charming. And that's what so you know, my mom still talks about me, you like, all the you time. Really have breast cancer? Oh, jeez. Yeah, well, I mean, well, you, you, we you should did clear that up. Yeah, I know. We okay, we did a play, Amy and I did, uh, several years ago called Keeping a Breast and Amy owned the show. It was Wait, basically hold on, Amy hold on, and hold on. Uh-huh. Wait. I'm sorry. Let me stop you right there. It was about breast cancer, and the show was called Keeping a Breast. Yes, mm-hmm. it was a comedy, right? Well, actually, it was Amy, kind of like think? a dark comedy. It, oh, really? It, it, okay. It, okay. 
It wasn't, but it wasn't. It, it didn't like the script didn't indicate that you had to be just completely morose and 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 hysterically yeah. sad the whole time, which was kind of cool about no. it, which I liked. Yeah, um, like a lighthearted, but, um, you know, re- realistic. Yeah, but I'm I'm sure people who are fans of your stand up, uh, mm-hmm. seeing you in kind of a sensitive, uh, delicate role like that would be surprised, given the kind of material you you lean towards as a comedian. It's yeah, kind of funny. Totally. Especially like <clears throat> I um I like love stand up and it's how I make my living, but I have always acting's always been my favorite thing, like since I was a little girl. So the the fact that these doors open for me with, with stand up, I was like, Great, you know, whatever. But but still my heart is like uh lives to acting. But but nobody very few people know me as that. Like the people who see me on stage are like surprised when I, they find out I'm a I'm a comic and vice versa. Yeah, no, you you definitely have kind of a, a, a what do you call it a bipolar career that way. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. How, you, how long have you been out there on the road, so to speak, or in clubs? Oh, when um, did you well, start? I started comedy June first of two thousand three, two thousand two. All right, so no. it's relatively no, recent. No, that's totally not true. That's totally a okay. lie. I, I started after college. I, people always like know their dates, and I, I think I do, but I don't. I'm uh, doing stand up this coming June. It'll be six years. There you go. So, so that's, I mean, that's a okay. very small amount of time. But in that amount of time, <laughs> yeah. what do you think has changed for you? Uh, besides the fact that you've kind of gone on this meteoric rise and and are friends with uh, right. Ellen DeGeneres. Besides that, right. um. um well, <laughs> Well, you know what, like any other reality show, like, and, and the thing is, a lot of people did Last Comic Standing. Like, you know, there were six seasons, and you don't really hear that much about that many people. Like, the people who sort of have stuck with it and have continued to rise in comedy are probably under 10, and I, I think I'm one of those people. And I can say that because they just published... Um, Excuse me, an article, I think it was in Punchline Magazine or on ComedyCentral.com. It was like, you know, the people who sort of have stuck around. And my thing was like, I wasn't, I knew, like, I had a big year after that. I got to headline a lot of clubs, which is ridiculous after three years of doing stand-up mm. to be headlining. But I was just like, you know, whatever, I got to get it together. And I, I did my best. And and then it's that, that sort of fame is fleeting. Like, comedy clubs don't care about it. And, and. So I knew, like, I just went back to work. I, I went, just kept doing what I was doing, still doing open mics. Like, didn't at all have any sort of an ego about stand-up. Knew wow. that it was a reality show and that I was lucky. Um, and I was proud of the job I did, but I was just like, okay, back to work. And um, and so now it's like, I, I really like where I am now because I get the headline at clubs. Like, I'm, you know, clubs like where I am now or Funny Bones and maybe a, a couple nights here and there at an improv. But I still, like, I travel with David Tell and Jim Norton. Like, I open for those guys <laughs> and, uh, and like, Colin Quinn. And it's, like, these great comics. And it's not my management putting me with them. They're, they're like, I want you to open for me. And they know I'm not going to sleep with them. Like, totally because they think I'm funny and <laughs> that I have a good future. So it's, like, there's no shame in, in being an opener for me. And I also get the headlines. So it's, like, I'm still learning, but I'm making a living. I, I, I couldn't be happier. About where my that's career great. is as a stand-up right now. I, I, I feel good. That's about great. It. That's really great. Yeah, but, but definitely last time I could have. 
Yeah, well, I mean, there's a lot of people who who have been at it like ten plus years, and they're still, you know, just like, oh my god, and they're still, you know, pressing and and working and working and working, and um, so in a lot of ways, you're very fortunate. Um, yeah, as far as your I'm timeline's totally concerned, definitely, you're yeah, ahead of the no, curve. I feel, definitely. Yes, yes, for sure. I feel, and the the thing mm-hmm. is, like, it's good for like the industry to like you, whatever, but also. We just like comics just get work from each other. So I think for me, the biggest compliment is having a tell be like, hey, we're going to work in D.C. next weekend. Or have Norton be like, uh, we're coming with me to the Borgata. Like, we have that's pretty awesome. Them four shows. Like, that's that is the biggest compliment. That's going to make you feel like a million bucks. I know for me, if bucks. I'm to have someone open for me, it's got to be someone that I think is really funny. And then I want to hang out with, you know? So it's like, plus the guys you're talking about are like, the guys you're talking about are legends. The guys who are just like the, the old warriors in, in the standup game. They're, they're not, they're not nobodies. They are my favorite comedians. I cannot believe I get to work with them. It's, David Tell is amazing, and to think that you yeah. know, I mean, just like as a, as a comedian, I think anybody who l- would look at him and say, "Well, that's the kind of career I'd want to have if I'm going to continue doing the stand-up game," because oh, yeah. he is he's just he owns he's my, everything. He's literally my favorite living comedian. I guess. so. It's like obscene, and uh, and you know, I've been opening for him for a while, and I just got to tell him that I was like, you know, he was like asking, making fun of me, he's like, "Who's your favorite?" Like you know, naming like really hipster alt comics. <laughs> and um, it was fun to be like, uh, actually, you're my favorite, Dave. And he's like, yeah, right. I'm like, believe it. Believe it. So, yeah. And the fact that he doesn't know that is pretty cool, too, I would imagine. Oh, you know, like, he just, he's like just the loveliest, most, and I, I just, his jokes just kill me. He oh. is in a league of his own. But it's, it's stand-up is such a funny thing. Like, you ha- I feel like you have to stay humble and, until you get to a level of, Forget it, you know, just, but I feel like even those comics, like Chris Rock will still stop by the comedy cellar and just, you know, know that it's, it's the same. Like you're going to be, maybe you get treated a little better, but these guys still wind up in awkward car rides with the teenagers who work at the club to go to morning radio. <laughs> they still wind up in city hotels. Like, you know, it's like, wow. it keeps you, it keeps you humble. Yeah. Well, you're right. you're on. You have to love what you're doing, because that, yeah. that stuff's hard yeah. to bear on its own. Um, well, let's right. you know oh, go ahead, one Ken. of the things that's surprising about you. I'm sorry, did I step on you, Dave? No, 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 no. And, no, and if no, you had, okay. uh, I wouldn't have minded. Oh, oh that's great. That's great. Um, we're we're very you know, friendly. One of the things uh, about <laughs> we're, we work so well together. Um, one of the things about uh, you that's uh, I, I think. Um, it caught me off guard is is upon first appearance you have a very like uh young girl next door look to you um especially yeah. so on the ellen degeneres show um when you're on that. <laughs> yeah. it, be, you yeah. really looked like one of the brady girls you know and <laughs> uh-huh. like coming like and and to hear the stuff that comes out of your mouth it's such a <laughs> strange and surprising mix you know what i mean i don't know if you've ever gotten yeah. that before like the girl next door yeah. uh and you'll totally. just say like I, you I know horrible things it's right. great i think that you know i think that that makes it i don't think i could get away with any of the things i say if i didn't look like um like a cabbage patch doll you know it's like <laughs> i know that it's like that's 
that's sort of like how I how I managed to uh, kind of get away with it. But it's like I really am. I, I think comedians are like what's good about comic comedians is that they're like trying to get their truth across. Which I know that sounds like such new age like garbage, but really I think that's like the essence of what comedy is. And some of it's just silly, funny, sick, you know, kind of throwaways. But um, but like my favorite thing Atel says right now is he'll be like, every day I go to Starbucks and they hire me or they don't. Um, <laughs> and it's like, you know, just, just something like that. It's like it's based on nothing, but it's just perfect for some reason. But so there's that. But but for me, it's like the things I'll talk about. I'll talk about abortion, drinking, getting semen on yourself, like things that happen, like things that are reality, but. We are not supposed to talk about. So it's not that I'm I'm really not saying the things I say just for the shock value. It's also like I want to be like, hey, yeah, this stuff happens. I have HPV, and so the fuck do you. You know, like why can't we just? Be, and I'm gonna say it. And I'll, I'm gonna be honest about it. And maybe it'll be comforting to some people. Maybe it'll make some people uncomfortable. But at least it'll be out there. So it's like I don't make any right. apologies for anything I say. And I think, you know, getting to kind of smile after and ding, like, I think that makes it a lot easier. Especially well, that clip, um, the clip that you guys used, that was at the, um, uh, an urban comedy show where the, right, the whole right. crowd was black. Right. It was 350 people at Gotham, all black. And I have like two <laughs> braids in, I'm wearing like a varsity letter sweater and I'm saying things like about sickle cell. And I'm being like, you know, I don't, when I'm drunk, I, I slur. I mean, I say racial slurs. And I'm like, you know, the only reason I can do that is because I look like you would borrow milk from me. Right. You have that cherubic, angelic thing about you. My mom still talks about you all the time because there was something about you that reminded her of her, of her niece. And it just like, she like immediately adopted you in her mind, you know? And I, I have a I feeling. I look like a lot of people because I get that. Like someone, you look just like my cousin. You look just like whoever, and uh, they just will feel warmly toward me immediately, which allows me to say some awful shit. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever considered going to like an open mic and just dirtying yourself up, just like trying to make yourself look ugly and see how your material would go over? Um, I have done many open mics looking pretty disgusting. I oh come on, like I um. All day long, like, I don't, you know, I don't wear any makeup. I'm, I look newly homeless most times. Uh, yeah, I right. can, you know, Benet Ramsey. I can Benet Ramsey myself up at night, but what usually doing open mics, I look like newly homeless and gross. Um, so yeah, totally. It's it's not the whole package doesn't have to be there, and depending on the environment, I think my style and you know my stuff changes a little bit. But uh, I think I'm at my best when I'm kind of like that, dolled up. I think what Dave meant was like like excessive whore-like makeup, stilettos, just trashy looking, I think is what he was asking. Oh, really? Do you think make yourself if, look like it, you yeah, get hit with I, a rake no, no, or something? No, 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 that's, that's how I do dress. That's how you do dress. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't usually wear braids. That was just that night because I didn't know how, how big that show was. No, no. But, no, but usually I dress like a whore. I was I was thinking about like doing like a Tyra Banks thing where she became like where she put on the fat suit, let's say. Not yeah, necessarily would you put yeah. on a fat suit. Yes, yeah, so but you're wrong. No, I'm 
That's really no, the only I, reason uh, we do these interviews is to finally come to the conclusion where one of no, us is right, the other is wrong. Okay. It's a battle. No, I, I think, I don't <laughs> Love think is my a battlefield. would go over as well at all. That's why I always say this. I'm like, all right, you guys, I've got 10 years left. I've got to do a lot in these 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because nobody's going to put up with this from an old 70-year-old uh, uh, woman who with, oh, with yeah. one eye. Not yeah, even nobody's a year old. Yeah. <laughs> Norton's like, you've got six years left. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> nice, nice. Coming from him, that's uh, a real compliment. You know? Yeah. His, materi- yeah, cause his material comes out of, you know, him, somebody yeah. who's stellar looking. Um, yeah. Looking forward for you. You have uh, a, a Comedy spe- uh, Central. We were talking about Comedy Central. You have a Comedy Central special coming up. Yeah, yeah. Um, March 26th, it will be on. I'm excited. And that, I got to dress like, uh, I kind of am dressed like a housewife hosting a cocktail party. Nice. And, uh, that was, a, that was a really good time. It was just, uh, that's another sort of rite of passage where it was a big goal. So it was And that's a half fun. hour of you. That's like, yeah. that's your oh, half no, hour? I think, my, I think my luggage is here. Oh, cool. Oh, I'll go for yeah, it. Just I'll to go. clue you in, Amy uh, is in, in Portland, bag. Oregon. Thank you. She uh, she had a little mix had up her luggage loss um, as you are wont to do by an airline, airport. and now yeah. she's having that luggage Thanks delivered by the fine people at the hotel. All right, Ooh, and, uh, and we're happy to give her that time to to recover. They her must luggage. know who they're dealing with. Yeah, well, yes. you know what's funny? I was like really nervous because um, it didn't show up on the belt last night, and I was like, oh my god, because I packed spot, but. Um, <laughs> So I was like, it was confiscated, and I'm like texting everybody, I, all the potheads I know, which was a lot of people. Like, I text like six people. Like, like, run. No, 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 it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, no, it was like the tedious little bit. So they were like, no, you're fine. They were um, thrown it away. Isn't the entire it's, state you know, of Oregon made of marijuana? I mean, like, I you know, couldn't get it there. How stupid am I? And I walked in, because it, like, this comedy club puts you up. Some of these clubs have something called a comedy condo. Usually you just stay at a hotel, but some of these clubs, like, they rent an apartment. They found a cheaper to just, you know, every mm-hmm. weekend have the comic. And uh, I was like, no, I'm not staying there. That's disgusting. <laughs> like, <creepy. laughs> I have to stay with the feature and the MC, like, some, like, 50-year-old dude being like, good morning, Bill. Want uh. Like, no. <laughs> so oh, I'm a, I'm God. A yeah, here. that sounds like hell. Yeah, that's worse oh, than a shitty awful. hotel. That's awful, worse than shit. So, 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 I mean, you travel a lot, and if you're a pot smoker yeah. uh, like me, it, it's yeah. got to be, especially, you know, when you get all paranoid and stuff because you smoke it anyway. Yeah. Like, when yeah. you're going through the thing and your luggage is going, like, I, I'm always crapping my pants. Like, I would rather mm. be, you know, the plane crash than someone stop me and say, like, excuse me, can we look through this? Yeah, Even if it's the tiniest bit, you know, about, I just don't want to get involved. No, I, I don't walk. I don't walk through with it. But if I check a bag, sometimes. Well, you know, sometimes one time in, in Chicago O'Hare, I in Chicago O'Hare, I I had like a little thing of hash in in mm-hmm. in cargo pants of mine, and like yeah. it was it was after nine eleven, so I'm like, all right, they'll be distracted by bombs. <laughs> they won't care about about drugs. You know, that was my okay. rationale, and and That's like they they. Yeah, no, it, it's pretty good. Um, and they stop me. They're like, "Excuse me, sir," and I'm like, "Oh shit, this is it. This is it." Like they had dogs that sniffed or something. Like Midnight Express. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and exactly. And they took like they opened my like pharmaceutical bag, and they're like, "You can't have these clippers on board." 
And I was just like, oh my God, thank God. So Thanks to the good You start Lord. making those promises like to yourself. You're like, I'm never bringing this spot again. Meanwhile, the next time you're, you're in the exact same situation. Oh, no, no. Like, oh, I just shit. knew what to do next time is distract them with something else. Like, put a bomb mm-hmm. in there. Yeah. yeah. You know, while wear a samurai yeah. sword, yeah. brick a hash in my backpack. Here's what I, I don't get. fireworks in my underwear to distract. <laughs> you, you know, it, you know. I a water pill in my pocket, yeah. It's it's been well established <laughs> that I am a square, so Ken knows you know has experienced certain things that I have not. You know yeah. I'm not I don't I don't do any drugs, and you know I'm not judging, but that's just my whole thing. Okay. Now, but like I do judging. eat fast. I no 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 no. Yeah, this is what see, I don't understand. It always sound like, like he's judging. I eat so fast food. I eat fast food. My assumption okay, will be good. that if I fly to Portland, Oregon, there's gonna be a McDonald's, and I don't have to bring it yeah. with me on the plane. Doesn't right, that same rationale work? Staying, I, but I thought I was going to be staying in this comedy condo. Alone. Oh, and, okay. um And, you know, I, I sometimes things really work out and it, it, it's very available. And sometimes you're, I'm like, all right, well, I'm not going to start asking people on the street or <laughs> I don't want this first impression of me at this comedy club to be me, like, asking the busboys for pot. Asking so, for drugs. So you never yeah. know. But this was, this would have been a... a this was a very useless, I did not need to bring it with me here. I walked in, I'm staying at this girl's house I met when I was filming that thing for Toshiba. Like, we just, like, really got along. And uh, the PA on the shoot and hit it off. So I'm actually staying in her place. And I walk in her apartment last night and she hands me, like, a bowl and a hot toddy. And I was like, Portland! <laughs> a hot toddy. <laughs> See, you didn't have to bring the hot toddy on the plane. You could have like saved yourself. Good. I was like, wow. I was so. I'm in heaven here. Did she knit you a blanket? Wow. Almost. Knit you She's a blanket. That's pretty she much like a mental red, blanket. And I don't she like knitted that Yes. She knit me an Eve blanket. She knit me an Eve She's like, just in case. Just in case. <laughs> Is she married? That's very sweet. That's very sweet and horribly mean at the same time. I know, right? I want to. the dichotomy her. of life. <laughs> well, uh, okay, so you have your Comedy Central thing coming up on March 26, and you also, yeah. uh, rumor has it you're going to be opening uh, for for a legend in the business who uh, is 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 a, a very very favored person in the Jewish community. Um, tell us about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is that how I got on this podcast? That's exactly how you got on this. If not, yeah. If, yeah. if it weren't for your Man. association with Jackie Mason, you wouldn't be anywhere near this thing. I wouldn't be. Yeah, I right. wouldn't be anywhere. Yeah. I, w- I wouldn't be anywhere. Yes, I'm opening for Jackie Mason. Uh, it's so funny because um, I, I did the South Beach Comedy Festival last year, and I was walking down Lincoln Road, you know, right, right in the middle there, and and he walks by with like a film crew, and they just stop me and my sister. He d- don't know I'm a comic or anything. And he hmm. starts asking me about Obama, and it was, like, right when he was saying he wanted to release everybody from Guantanamo Bay. And uh, so he's asking about that, and I'm like, you know, just saying my opinion. I'm like, this is so funny that I'm talking to Jackie. <laughs> um, but I was like, yeah, it's not like he's just going to, like, throw them into the wild and be like, run free. And he and he hates Obama. So he starts, like, yelling at me, and I'm like, listen, Jackie Mason. Uh, oh, and this video is on YouTube. I don't know what it's under, but it, he put it up on YouTube. It's like... Jackie Mason about Obama. Or something. We are um, going to find this. 
And I look like vile, by the way. Um, it was during the day. My sister and I were just like walking around eating ice cream. Like she was like holding our ice cream cones. And after I, after I talked to him, I look over. She just has like two, two like fully melted down to her elbows ice cream cones. <laughs> <laughs> to look at her after and be like, oh my god. <laughs> that's um, hilarious so how did it work how did it get from that to you opening for it i don't know i think maybe the, the booker at comics just maybe asked me but but they the date came and went and he actually had to postpone so um so yeah i'm gonna be opening for him soon but i was supposed to open for him a couple weeks ago but they had to cancel that show and instead they had like another show which i i emceed and but it was still like a good amount of the crowd was there because they they wanted to see Jackie Mason, and so they were furious. <laughs> and uh, it was like one of the worst shows I've ever oh, I've man. ever done. Like it was the show was oh, so wow. bad that comics like once in a while you just bomb like to the point where it's it's just unbelievable. It's good for you. Like any comic will tell you, it's good for you to bomb like that. We all bombed that night, and it was like such a lost cause that I started bringing people on stage with fake credits, like just with hard, saying horrible stuff. This comic, Joe Mandy, I brought him up by being like, this guy's so bad, he makes 9-11 look like Ocean's Eleven. And I brought him, <laughs> I brought him up. And, uh, uh, and I was like, this next guy uh, works all over town. If by works, he means rapes. Like, and this guy like, didn't care. It was unreal. That's awesome. Uh, oh, that's so yeah, fun. It was, it was, well, it's I mean, it's also fun bad. to be in that place where you, you don't care anymore. Yeah. Oh, that's where the power is. If you, that's how I got that better is, at stand-up, yeah. from bombing all over the place. Like, but just bombing on the road, you get so strong. You have so much confidence because you don't care. Like, I don't. That's the best. I, you know, you, you care so much and you don't care. Well, you don't care necessarily right. about the reaction. Well, actually... You know, you have the confidence Amy, to know the reaction doesn't on, is not an indication of who you are as a person yeah, yeah, or, or exactly. as totally. your, your level totally. of talent and, or anything yeah, and like, like that. Yeah, and these jokes, like, some of these yeah, jokes, yeah. Like, I, I, yeah. they're, they're tested. They're proven jokes work. So if a crowd doesn't get on board at all, and you know you said it right, then I'm not, that doesn't make me question myself. I'll be like, you guys just blew that one. You know, it's just. <laughs> it's not at all. It, right. it, doesn't say, it doesn't make me feel anything about my personal. Uh, yeah, you're not going to go change you know, religion. You're not going to go, you know, dye your hair a different right. color. Yeah. Amy, let me let me give you some quick dirt on Jackie Mason. I like, okay. well, you know, I kind of grew up on him. My dad hates him, and okay. the reason is guy. is because. Well, I guess. I mean, it's a personal thing with my dad because in 1974, my my mom and dad went to Portugal for their honeymoon and Jackie Mason happened to be in the same hotel. And the whole time we were there, he would not leave my mother alone, like talking to her, hitting on her, like and my dad's right there. He was livid. Yeah, so wow. so for for the past thirty this, plus years, he's been <laughs> well. He always does. Jackie Mason. He always is does his impression of her. Yeah, basically, basically, he always. Where my dad always does live? this impression of. Him. They live uh, on Long Island. They live out out Why east. Why don't we get them? Let's do this. Let's get them tickets. Let's surprise 
surprise them. Nice. Okay? Oh, God. When I'm opening for him, I'll make sure I'll get them, like, VIP tickets. Like, guys, nice. just come into the city, don't ask why, and then just, he'll, your dad will be like, no! That is brilliant. <laughs> yes, he will flip his crap. <laughs> he will it. flip his crap. Because seriously, every time he's on TV, he turns him off, like, you know. Because like he, yeah. he was so mad. He's like, he, did, she, he knew she was on his honeymoon. She was on her honeymoon, you know. And she's like, yeah. he still just kept up and kept up. That's a really good idea, Amy. I'm going to take you and I'll do this. And then I'm going to do this. um, I've never talked about this before, but my nemesis is Macaulay Culkin. Really? The reason. Really? When I was, I think, however old I was, I think it was like 11 or 12, when Home Alone was added. I was having a birthday party in the city at that place Cowgirl in the West Village. And uh, oh, okay. they were like, you know, I'm a comic, I'm an actress. All, and I was like, kid, all I wanted was attention. It was like my birthday. I'm like, everybody, keep your eyes on me. It's yeah. my day. So, like, we know who the star of the show is. Anyway, they bring out my cake, which is the pinnacle of the birthday. That's like, everybody's like, giving it up for you. Like, happy birthday. We love, they're singing the song. Who walks in the front door in the middle of my happy birthday uh... song? Holly. Goddamn Culkin. Everybody freaks oh. out. Nobody cares. I'm blowing out the candles with myself. Even my mom was like overtaking pictures of him. Oh. I was like, nemesis for life. Anytime I hear anything bad happen to him in the news, I'm like, that's right, Macaulay. That's what you get. That is so messed up. Oh, so, you know, you could say that if that event never happened, you know, you could subconsciously say your whole career is just pinned to destroy him. You know, you're That's slowly moving your way up. I don't enjoy what I do for a living. I'm trying to slowly make my way up to work with him so that I can end his career. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go to, yes. we're going we're gonna to send VIP tickets to your next show to Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> mm-hmm. Make sure he's sitting in the front okay. row. And Macaulay Culkin will sit there and go, why am I here? I don't understand. And then you could just rip oh, on him no. the whole time. No way. Or it could be a I nightmare situation so where... Oh. Yeah, that's true. Or it could backfire, and he could be there, and you could be on stage, and everyone would be ignoring you and be like, "Oh my God, Macaulay Culkin's in the first row." Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. And the whole thing could just happen all over again. Exactly. That's yeah, exactly you need what I want. An impetus. That's the impetus. rocket that'll be strapped to your back. Yes, fire wow. in your butt. What else you got coming up? Um, actually, John Oliver has a new show on Comedy Central that starts, I think, this week or next week. It's just John Oliver from The Daily Show hosts his favorite comics, and I'm on fourth episode, so I think it's I think it's January 29th, whatever that Friday is. So I'll, I'll be watch doing it. like um, a seven minute set on his show, and uh, and then my special on the 26th, and yeah, and that's it. I'm on the road a bunch, and uh, I don't know. Cool. Where can people find out where you're going to be? He yes. asks in a My very typical... AmySchumer.com. I list... I'm pretty good about um, having my dude put up uh, all my dates. So I'm at the comedy store every week. Yeah, and, uh, and yeah, all the, the clubs dude. are on the market every week if I'm not out of town. That is great. Cool. Well, Amy Schumer, thank you so much for taking some time. Uh, enjoy the rest of your uh, fantastic weekend in Portland, Oregon. <laughs> Thanks. Say hi to Bill yes, for me. Yes, get methed up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I will. All right. I'm going to bring you guys 
the mess back. All right. Thanks, guys. Please. Hey, thank you. Take care. Amy Schumer. Take Amy care. Amy is the uh, uh, website if you want to go check out where Amy's going to be. She's going to be on Comedy Central on March 26th. That's the date for her half-hour special. And as she mentioned, she's going to be opening uh, for some pretty big names coming up. So find out where she is going to be uh, yes. for appearing on the show, Ken. Uh, yes, our friend Amy is going, going to be getting a uh, gift pack of macaroons from MostlyMacaroons.com as I vamp and search for my, uh, for my copy here. You know, this is the second time you've lost that goddamn copy. I know. It's sort of like you'd think I'd memorize it just to avoid this problem. Oh, boy. Mostly Macaroons creates delicious homemade baked treats for gift baskets, party favors, special events, or your own personal enjoyment. www.mostlymacaroons.com. When we come back, Ken and I are going to be doing some uh, Ask the Expert, answering some of those questions and uh, giving us some final thoughts on, on this first show of the new year. Ken? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're listening to the commercials. Great podcast on the commercials.tv. And, Ken? The magic of iTunes. We'll be right back. Philip Glass. Philip Glass. Philip Glass. Philip Glass. Do you listen to NPR? Philip Glass. Philip Glass. Philip Glass. Philip Glass. It's no Karma Barina. It's Philip Glass. This ain't your father's Philip Glass. It ain't. Back here on the commercials, free podcast, the commercials.tv, and the magic of iTunes. Ken, how great is Amy Schumer? I love her. You can, again, go see her on her website, amyschumer.com, and go see her somewhere performing live, doing her stand-up thing because she's really good at it. I like her. Yeah, we like her a lot. I think she's my favorite guest ever. Wow. Again, you have... I can't say that. Yeah, you blasphemed earlier guests. Well, not only is my credibility completely off the charts right now as far as... I've said that about three guests in a row. Yeah, you have no credibility. And they can't all be my favorite, but that's totally rude. It is very rude. What about what about some of the greats like Lauren Koch and and, and Kevin Allison? Yeah, and, uh, Liz Winstead. You know, what about some of the classics? Yeah. yeah. In fact, why do I always have to do that? All of those classic shows can be seen at our website, thecommercials.tv. <laughs> uh, Ken, let's just while we're at it, let's just talk a little bit about our own website since it's 2010 and. And, and things are always changing with the good old commercials.tv website. They totally are, Dave. This is such an exciting topic to expound upon. <laughs> uh, we've got the commercials.tv. It's a website. You can go to it. And uh, that's pretty much what we got. No, actually, we, we, we have some cool stuff there. We kind of re-engineered it to make it more user-friendly. Mm-hmm. But what I recommend you're doing, what I recommend you're doing, mm-hmm. what I recommend you do is go ahead and register and sign up. That way you can leave comments about the podcast. You can talk to us directly. You can talk to other people, and we'll bring up your comments and conflicts. And we'd really like people to get on there and say whatever the hell they want to say. And we will not hold back. We will we will address it. We won't be like a you know like a like a Christian neighbor whose daughter uh, gets pregnant at sixteen. And we just keep her in the basement and give the kid away eventually and pretend it never happened. We are going to address whatever things you say. We're not going to do all that stuff? (laughs) There goes my plans for February. (laughs) You can also contact us, info at thecommercials.tv, and uh, give us a ring at 347-829-PUNK, 347-829-7865. Those are also the places where you can address to us a question for a segment that we like to call 
Woohoo! Ask the experts. Why don't you give me a question, baby? Wow. You know, can I just say one thing? When I put together that intro, yeah. I was under the influence of various uh, chemicals. So it was a Tuesday. I, I think it was two weeks ago. <laughs> and uh, I, it sounds like I'm trying to be in excess. Hey, you know, if you're going to try to be a 80s band that's expand the years up until the unfortunate passing of Michael. <coughs> boy, that's not a bad one to choose. I don't know. It's so not me. It's so catchy, though. I'm more of a Vin Binger kind of guy. You are a Vin Binger guy. You know why? Because you're timeless. And you're dead. (laughs) (laughs) Timeless, been dead for 300 years, and completely out of touch with contemporary society. And rumor has it... Thank you, Dave. And rumor has it... Not real. (laughs) (laughs) So, Ken, we have our uh, first question of 2010. Tell us all about it. We do, Dave. We do. Um, if you would not be so kind as to slowly fade out that music because it's driving me up the fucking wall. Nah, I kind of like it. Um, I will. <laughs> yeah, of course you do. Because you're aware of the effect it has on me. Uh, we get a lot of uh, 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 great emails from people saying, hey, how's your father? Mm-hmm. Such and such. Um, David, if you don't pop that down, I'm going to punch you in the face, I swear to God. <laughs> I'm losing my freaking mind. As it is, I am barely holding on. Get 20 seconds. Uh, Just roll through it, man. Roll through sure, it. Sure, sure. No, this is great. This feels good. This feels right. Um, <coughs> well, we get plenty of, uh, plenty, plenty of great emails from people out there telling us, how's your father, and mm-hmm. bully, and go forth. Uh, but recently we got someone who doesn't really like us too much. Oh, that well, no. you know, that it takes all kinds, but let's hear it. Now, well, yeah, um, the, the, uh, this is a, 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 an email sent to us at the commercials uh, or info at the commercials.tv. Mm-hmm. The gentleman's name is Paul Vermette. Paul, Paul Vermette. Okay. Vermette. Vermette. And the subject line is the commercials, explanation point. Not funny. <laughs> <laughs> You're kind enough to give her give us our proper introduction. Well, he's just excited to slam about it. us down. Yeah. yeah, ladies and gentlemen, the commercials suck. <laughs> nice mixed message. Yeah, asshole. no, I like it. Uh, so, I mean, I, he had me at the subject line. Mm-hmm. Not funny. Which is good. 2010 humor. Yeah. <laughs> Stop right there. You had me at subject line. <laughs> um, you can really, really hacky. Really BCC stupid. that. Thanks for laughing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks for laughing, Dave. I was more laughing Ladies at gentlemen, you. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight about it. at eleven, Ken is a hack. Yes. <laughs> oh wait, no one will watch. Everybody knows. Okay, that's reality so TV right there, my friend. That is reality TV. That's it right. doesn't get any more reality no, or sir. Than that. All right. So his body of his email, as it's called, the main content body, simply says, "Quote." Paul Vermette says, "Quote." The only thing you guys have given me over the last seven podcasts, comma is a desire to shit. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> oh, my dearest Paul. First of all, there's a couple things wrong with that. Yeah. He, he's obviously listened to seven whole goddamn podcasts. <laughs> yeah. and, and they go on for like an hour and a half, each one of them. 
<laughs> it's like, dude, you should really have just said, look, I listened to the, the first two minutes of your first one and you suck. Hey, you could have listened to two been of like, them. Fine. Yeah, I would understand yeah, two, two of them. And I would be like, fine, you don't find it. Asshole, you listen to all seven. You know how much that is? I recently archived the last seven podcasts. Yeah. They, they, it took nine CDs to fit them all. <laughs> nine damn CDs. That means, dude, you listen to like oh, way over 10 hours of, of, of material. Well, you can't say he so didn't give in, it a, shan- a chance. It, yeah, exactly. Thanks for plowing through it till the end. Yeah. It's kind of like going to the English patient and staying until the last credits roll. Yeah. Just walk out, Paul. We're not going to – we will not in any way judge you if you simply walk away. Yeah. You, I mean, it's but not I even walking a, away. You have to – You have to. it's not like you're. we're in your face playing it on a boombox. <laughs> exactly. You have to subscribe <coughs> on iTunes or you have to go to our site and stream it. You have to, uh, to download it off our site. I mean, you really have exactly. to – Exactly. And you know what? We're not, we're not so great. I'm sure there are fans out there that haven't listened to all seven. No. In fact, he's probably the only person I know that's listened to all seven goddamn I don't want to go that far, podcasts. Ken. We are quite popular well, well, in China. I, I mean, I don't go out in the street and say, hey, does everybody listen to every episode? But I'm sure people are busy. I mean, we're entertainers. This is what we do. But people have to file taxes and, and wipe their babies' asses. They don't have time to listen to, you know. It's yeah, like, no, I'm with you. You know, with Dallas you. was a very popular show, but not everybody saw Not, not everybody episode, was a completist. Know? That's for sure. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. So he really... And supposedly, the only thing we did for yeah. him was gave him the, the 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 prompt to have a bowel movement. Hey, you know what, Ken? There's a possibility and in here. Some individuals. Yeah, there's yeah, a possibility here that he, this is really a positive email. Like he says that we actually enabled him to have this, and he's not in That's the where e- I was going. in the in the in the subject. He says. The commercials not funny. Maybe he's not saying that we're not funny. Maybe he's saying he's serious. <laughs> he is. I'm serious. not fun. I'm not being funny here. You guys really I'm not being funny here. But I have been highly irregular for weeks now, and you guys aren't funny. I mean, that's a side note. But you really have cleared the pipes, if you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah. You know, you know, I also this could be a good. Yeah, you thing. know what else I think? I'm gonna. Well, it, the other option is I'm gonna. I'm gonna put on my uh, amateur uh, psychologist hat here. That I that why stop? Yeah, now? I mean, well, I mean, it's a real hat. Uh, I got it made at the mall. Um, <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, I, me thinks the degree is fake. Yes. The hat is yes. real. <laughs> amateur psychologist. A new oh. reality show on Fox. Um, and and he's from New Jersey. He's from New Jersey. He's desperate. Uh, Methinks the lady doth protest too much, because it reminded me of a line in uh, the movie Porky's. And there is okay. a scene. I'm not sure which Porky's movie it is, because I think they're all interchangeable anyway. That's nice. You went from Macbeth to Porky's. Uh, I like to span my genres as often as possible. Right. Boing. Uh, there oh, is I get a. It. it was a sexual. Uh, uh, no, no, I was actually doing a cartoon sound, which would be a third genre. But if you wanted to make that a pornography, there's a fourth. No, I. What, dude? Way to go. <laughs> way to go off the beaten track. I wasn't anywhere near. Hey, you know there. what? You know what? I just thought you were saying. You know what I what I said was cheesy, so I'm going to make a cartoon noise to to kind of back. No, up. no, I was saying that I I like to span my you genres. You span genres as a sexual as Linda? often as possible. No, I said. Boing, 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 because I was doing a cartoon noise, which would be a third genre 
of entertainment. Oh, you simply wanted to add another Exactly. Then you mentioned a sexual thing. You mentioned something about, oh, it's a sexual joke. And I said, well, if you're going to bring that in, I've achieved a fourth genre in the space of four words. So I'm very proud of myself. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, it's the holidays. It's the holidays. I'm kind of checked out. It's still... Uh, By the way, I'm going to be saying that for the next three months. I'm sure you you will. Because you... There's there, there's a SWAT team downstairs yeah. going. Are you going to serve this goddamn warrant or what? <laughs> and I'm like, come on, you guys, it's the holiday. I checked out. It's it's Martin Luther King Day. I, I checked out. Yeah. It's it's Arbor Day. I checked out. It's like the Secretary's SWAT team's going to be Day. like, all right, he said it was the holidays. Fall back. Fall back. <laughs> so, all right, getting back on track here, uh, Mr. Paul Vermette. Uh, I, I believe uh, it's very akin to that line in one of the Porky's movies where. <laughs> The uh, the gang of crazies uh, go in and swap out uh, a speaking of pornography they go swap out an educational film that they're watching in science for a porno and uh, right they, they they have a big meeting about it in the principal's office and people are up, up in arms and and I think the principal says something like I've watched every single frame of this disgusting <laughs> filth twice. Which I think is one of my favorite lines of all time. That is great. And you know, and I'm I'm sorry to stop you there, but I have to pull this up. Uh Uh, When I was a younger man, uh, about 16 or so, when I turned 16, my friends brought me into the city and and bought me like my first porno. I don't know why, but it's like... Sixteen is the age you get porn. I don't well, know. Well, you know, that's, so it was, according to the, the ball Talmud. was in their hands. Yeah, yeah the the Talmud. Um, I'm white, Dave. <laughs> um, There's so many wrong things about that statement, but go I'm on. I'm not like you. I mean, I'm not like you because you are not completely white. Um, I'm translucent. What are you kidding? <laughs> when I go to the beach, I need to use SPF 108. When I put it on, oh. I get cold. What a da 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 honk. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, they went and brought you in the city. They bought me a porno, and like, I, you know, I wasn't a very tidy, conscientious, thinking person as a, as a young mm-hmm. man. Um, and so I, you know, I, I watched it a couple times, and I just left it in the middle of my floor <laughs> in my room, which was a mess anyway. So there's everything. And I will never forget. I'm, I, I'm at a friend's house, and I call my, my house to let them know I'll be like sleeping over. And my dad picks up and he goes, Hello. And I'm like, oh, shit, he found the porno. <laughs> <laughs> Just from the sound of his voice. A man, you know, it's clearly. And I'm like, hey. And he tries to make it, like, preface it, like, oh, hey, how you doing? Uh, he does something like, hi, Kenneth. He's like, there's something I got to talk to you about. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, go ahead. And in one long sentence, one long, he's like, I walked in your room, saw a videotape on the ground, put it in the fucking VCR. It was the most disgusting fucking porno I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I have never seen something so disgusting in my life. Uh, and my first instinct is not to address the problem. This is the first thing that came out of my mouth. I said, where is it? <laughs> and he goes, in one long salute again, your motherfucking drove uptown with that disgusting fucking porno and threw it in a fucking dumpster. <laughs> Great. So I'm out 30 fucking dollars because you watched my whole porno. <laughs> and dubbed it the most disgusting thing you have ever seen. Thus... Taking away my hard-earned property. You know, uh, I mean, you know the irony of this entire story. What's you know that? who started that porno? Who? Paul Vermette. <laughs> so well, Paul Vermette is the guy so he, behind the shine. <laughs> is it wet? 
or is it dry? It's dry. Well, there is there's an awesome um, uh, little uh, segue here uh, that I'm going to I'm going to exploit in a second. But that that does it for uh, ask the experts. If you want to ask us an uh, expert question, uh, please uh, send us an email info at the commercials TV or call us three four seven and eight two nine seven eight two nine punked. No, no, punk. Seven, yeah, punk. Yeah, yeah. Sorry for seven nine. And, you know, we're going to, speaking of the website, going to be bringing up, uh, uh, starting our blog section, yes. which has been um, um, something we've been working on for a while. In development. We are going to have a Paul Vermette section. A Paul Vermette section. We are going to get, uh, based on his email, we're going to have a, an FBI forensically, psychologically profile this person. Mm-hmm. So we can have an accurate description of, of what he is. So yes. I'm going to keep an eye on Paul Vermette. And while you're at it, if you'd like to contact Paul and discuss his... Various stomach issues. We do have his yes. email address, Ken. We do have his email address. If you'd like it, it's pvermet, lowercase p. Well, it's all lowercase. It's a goddamn email, Ken. P-V-E-R-M-E-T at gmail.com. pvermet. So, yeah. Gmail.com. We, if you would like to talk to him about his various bodily functions and the fact that he is by far our greatest fan ever. Yeah, though the best fan we've ever had, for sure. Uh, and, you know, we're all in this together. We all like to help each other out, and uh, I think that's what makes the world go round. Uh, in some ways, yeah. So here's uh, something, I, I, a gift uh, from since the holidays happened. For Christmas, uh, my sister gave... Uh, you okay over there? Yeah, no, it's okay. fine. Go ahead. Okay. That out. Uh, my sister gave me a uh, an interesting book. I uh, gave it to me and my wife uh, called Zabamondo, the outrageous book of bizarre choices. It's one of those books where you're asked various questions, given choice A or choice B, and which would you rather uh, have? Like, would you rather be a freelance photographer on the front lines during a war or a firefighter dropped behind the line in a raging forest fire? I mean, that's the kind of question they ask. Um, and okay. since you had to... Um, uh, since you had mentioned uh, your story about your father and um, mm-hmm. the issue that was uh, brought up, <coughs> I uh, mm-hmm. wanted to throw throw just like an example at you of, of this and see and see where it takes your mind because okay sure you know um, the question would is uh, would you rather have your mother in this <coughs> case would you rather have your mother walk in on you. Let's say enjoying that pornography tape. <laughs> okay, such a I think I catch your drift. Or walk in on your mother enjoying that pornography tape. Oh my god! Well, I know the answer immediately. You do have that answer, okay? Yeah, I would rather she walk in on me because the worst that's going to happen is she's going to go, "Oh, for God's sake, she's thirty years old. This is my house. I hope you clean up. Those are my new covers." You get you get that stuff all over the place. It's disgusting. You watch it. Oh, and she'd close the door, and that would be the end of it. However, if I were to walk in on her doing that, the indelible image of my lovely mother degrading herself in such a way because you don't understand, my mother, at the very least, portrays herself. If not portrays herself, then is because it's it's an expert portrayal of like a nun. <laughs> Of a nun. Wow. You know, oh, I never smoked when I was younger because that was bad and all the kids were sinful. I mean, you know, she wasn't like, she's religious, but she wasn't, she didn't do it for, for religious reasons. She always did it for the right reasons. Like, oh, that's disgusting or that's just stupid, you know? Mm. Basically portrays herself to be a perfect, perfectly 
uh, uh, upstanding moral human being. So to quote myself, I can only assume that uh, you and your sisters were conceived in a test tube and delivered by the stork. Don't ask me because you know one time she ruined a song for me. You know, you know everybody knows every breath you take from the police. Yeah, sure. Right. I'm listening to that. I'm really getting into the police. I'm maybe like 15 or 16, mm-hmm. and I'm playing that song on a record player. And she comes in and whispers to me. She says, "Your sister Jill was conceived to that song." Oh no! And I was like, "Oh, oh for the no. love of Pete." Thanks for officially making this the worst police song ever oh, made. No. Yeah. So it's like, I don't want to go there. I mean, uh, I've made it clear to her that I'm a human being and in no way can meet up to her standards of how a human being is supposed to conduct themselves. I will never be there. I will always fall short, you know, of that. So definitely. Because oh. I just get some air about it. You know, I'll never forget when I was 19. I mean, you know, my, my, my parents are nutty, but in different ways. Uh-huh. So it's like... A, it's like you're you're on a funny farm, and on either side of you are two different crazy people growing up, <laughs> uh, which has got to I must have developed. Well. Yeah, you. Well, well, I mean, um, if you listen to this well, show, what does it it's say about me. Yeah, I know exactly. Um, you know, I, I think I was 19 and came back from college, and my mom like goes through my crap. She'll never admit it. But she goes through all my goddamn crap and not like, oh, I wanted to see if maybe your jeans need washed. She goes through my shit, you know. My dad will at least preface it with, you know, son, I was picking up the phone to make a call and I heard you talking to your girlfriend. You got her pregnant, you know. At least my dad makes up a lie so he could say eavesdrop. My mother doesn't even try. She's like, I was going through all your shit piece by piece. And I was working for my father in Hopog, an industrial complex, and we're on speakerphone in his office. And she's like, Kenneth, are you there? It's like my lunch. You know, I'm so I'm there. Like, do you want to go to lunch? And she's on speakerphone with him. And she goes, is that Kenneth? Oh, no. And he's like, yes, he's right here. And she goes, Kenneth, you're having sex. <laughs> and I was like, what? What? I found condoms in your pharmaceutical oh, case. God. You are having sex? And it's like, shut up, shut up. And I look at my dad and I'm like, will you take her off speakerphone for the love of Christ, please? And I think there was part of him that really enjoyed that. that I know I would. Because it's like, you'd think, it's like, just keep your mouth shut. You're lucky I'm wearing condoms at all. Oh, man. You know what I mean? You should be like, hey, you know, you're obviously sexually active. So in the car, ride back. And mind you, I'm 19 years old, Dave. (laughs) And the car ride back, my father says, you know, Kenneth, and I'm like, oh, shit, here we go. This is, he's going to go, this is gonna, we're going to relive the condom situation. Oh, no. And he goes, son, this is literally what he says word for word. He goes, son, you're getting to the age where you can get a woman pregnant. <laughs> and I was like, what? What year were you born, dad? You know, it's not until you turn 19. I- <laughs> I have been able to fertilize an egg for at least the past seven oh, years. Oh, God. Easy. It's easy. So it's like, <laughs> really, just. With yeah. my eyes so, closed. So, yeah. No, by not trying very <sighs> hard. So, you know, just very oh, strange. Oh, that is hilarious, man. Yeah, no. Wow, it's a little stuff. walk down memory lane to close out in uh, the first edition of. The commercials free podcast for for the year 2010, Ken. You know, that was cathartic. 
I feel better now. Yeah, you seem like you're a little... You look more relaxed now. <laughs> I feel more relaxed. Yeah, your shoulder's finally untensed, and you're, and you're, you're looking yeah, like Dad, you're ready to... Ha- yeah. yeah, Dad, this isn't your life. It's my life. <laughs> it's not your life, Dad. I'm sick of this shit. We should just have a tone signal for when we emotionally check out and get out of control, Dave. Just like the commercials will be will return after the yeah, short right, intermission. Exactly. And you know who won't like that? Paul Vermette. Paul Vermette. Yeah. Thank you for joining us for this first edition of the Commercials Free Podcast for the year 2010. Ken. 2010. Again, again, again. That was awesome. And we want to thank Amy Schumer for showing up. And uh, thank you for listening, especially you, Paul Vermette. Yes. Give my regards to your toilets. Don't uh, forget to check us out at thecommercials.tv. And uh, please feel free to send us an email, the commercials, info at thecommercials.tv, or uh, give us a phone call, 347-829-PUNK. Ken, until next time. Walla walla shoot poppy bang bang. You are the man. We'll see you next time.